Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Lara Love Hardin is the author of The Many Lives of Mama Love, a memoir of lying, stealing, writing, and healing. You have probably seen this in newspapers and magazines because it has gotten so much press. Most recently, it was selected by Jeanette McCurdy for her book club. She's been the number one bestseller of I'm Glad My Mom Died for like the whole year. I don't even know. Anyway, Lara Love Hardin has an MFA in creative writing and is a four-time New York Times bestselling writer, including the number one New York Times bestseller, Designing Your Life by Dave Evans and Bill Burnett, 
and 2018 Oprah Book Club pick, The Sun Does Shine, which she co-authored with Anthony Ray Hinton about his 30 years as an innocent man on Alabama's death row. There are well over a million copies sold of the many books she has written, and you can find her on the title page and in the acknowledgments of books by Nelson Mandela, John Gottman, Evie Pomporas, and other luminary authors on the Idea Architects roster. In 2019, she won a Christopher Award for her work affirming the highest values of the human spirit. In 2019, she was also nominated for an NAACP Image Award, won the Moore Prize in the UK, and was shortlisted for the Dayton Literary Peace Prize. In 2020, she launched her own division within Idea Architects, Idea Architects True, as a literary agent specializing in memoir. She lives in La Selva Beach, California, with her third husband, three dogs, three cats, and three teenagers. She also has 21 chickens, four ducks, and three adult sons who live at home on holidays and big laundry days. Again, this is called The Many Lives of Mama Love by Lara Love Harden. Welcome, Lara. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss The Many Lives of Mama Love, your memoir. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, what a joy. So I watched your entire... TEDx talk, which was riveting and amazing. And you are like so sensational and have such a powerful story. So tell me when, first of all, I want you to tell listeners the whole thing, but I also, <laughs> not the whole TED talk, but like I was born no. <laughs> a, a summary. Um, and then when it became a book as well. So take Great. it where you want. <laughs> so the whole story or sort of the I'll give you the story of the book, which is kind of the whole story. Well, yep. it's not the whole story, but you know. So it's really a story of being like suburban soccer mom. I have four children, four boys and two stepchildren. So I had six children and I became addicted to opiates, first pain medication and then heroin. I ended up pleading guilty to 32 felonies, uh, spending a year in the county jail and basically losing everything and everyone that made up who I was, right? So I was no longer mom, wife, little league coach, all the things were gone. And then when I got out, you know, as I said in that, in my TED talk, jobless, homeless, carless, friendless, without my children. And all I had was a whole lot of shame and, a, you know, an MFA in creative writing, right? Mm -hmm. Like not, <laughs> which I had gotten, you know, in my, in my twenties. So the second half of the book is really the story of re-entry and trying to move past the worst thing I've ever done and the worst version of myself I've ever been and sort of rediscovering my my love of writing and reading and working at a literary agency, this crazy story, working with some amazing people in the world like Archbishop Desmond Tutu, becoming a ghostwriter where I was kind of hiding in the acknowledgments of books and and really thinking if I was good adjacent, I could prove to myself and the world that I was good or more good than bad, right? And, you know, it's a crazy story. The reason I did the book is because objectively, I was like, that's a that's a crazy story, you know? <laughs> but, you know, it's a, the subtitle is a memoir of lying, stealing, writing, and healing. So it kind of covers all of those things. Yeah. Oh, yes. And then you end up, you know, doing an Oprah book club pick collaboration and you're like, here we are at lunch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, can you, can you take us through how you went from MFA in your twenties to heroin? That old story. No. So, <laughs> you know, the first line of my book is reading was my first addiction, you know, and I, I, I had a pretty, you know, fairly traumatic childhood, a lot of addiction and alcoholism in my family. And I always thought I could like out-educate myself from that, mm -hmm. right? Like I could 
I thought education was inoculation. So if I just focus on school, which I always loved, and I went straight, you know, to college, 3,000 miles away from home. I grew up in the East Coast. So I went as far away from home as I could, went to college, went straight to graduate school. And I had three boys in four and a half years right after my master's degree. And I was in a really unhappy marriage. My husband was cheating on me. And I think, you know, I'm not someone who ever learned to say like, hey, I think I have a problem or I need some help or I'm depressed. You know, I think I was really depressed because I had in my mind that I was just going to have this leave it to beaver family. I'm dating, aging myself, but, but this kind of like fairy tale, perfect family, perfect mom, perfect wife, like thing that I didn't have growing up. And so the problem with having this sort of imaginary perfect world in your head is when reality doesn't match up, it's really hard. So I think I was, I was depressed and, you know, Back in the 90s, you know, before the opiate crisis was a crisis, like Vicodin was handed out like like in little sample packs, like, oh, your ear hurts, here's some Vicodin. Oh, you're going to have, you know, your teeth cleaned, here's some Vicodin. Oh, you're having a baby, here's some Vicodin after. And so I remember really clearly, you know, my kids were little, I had three little kids, I took a Vicodin for something and it made me feel joy, right? Mm -hmm. Like I felt like, not depressed. And the way opiates work in my brain is to like, give me energy and excitement, like caffeine. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay. I can pretend my marriage is okay. I can pretend that life is going the way I had planned it. And so one, you know, one turns into two to have that same feeling and so on and so on. So jumping way ahead. So I kind of struggled with that on and off and I would quit a million times and think I don't have a problem because I can quit. Right. And like taking two, two Vicodin a day turned into taking 60 a day. Oh my gosh. You know, like, which is a crazy, it's just a crazy amount. It's a crazy amount of tolerance that you build up. I had my first marriage when that broke up, I got married to my second husband where I had my fourth son with, and he was struggling with addiction. And one time I found some sticky brown stuff on our, you know, we moved into a new home and this cul-de-sac and, and bought a business. And I found this little sticky stuff and I called a friend of mine. I was like, what is this? You know, I had no idea what it was. And, you know, there were lots of other struggles going on at the time. And so I Googled I was going to volunteer at my son. My kids all went to Montessori school. So I was going to volunteer to do an arts and crafts project. But on the way there at the red light, I was Googling how to smoke heroin. Like, like how do you do that? So later that day, I tried it. I've never been really what great. Was the, what was the sticky brown stuff? It was, oh, sorry. It was um, black tar heroin. And so he had, he had, it's not something he did. So he had uh, started doing this. And I Googled how to smoke it and started smoking it. And then in the course of 10 months, my life was, was over. You know, the police came and arrested me. My son, my youngest son was almost four at the time and he was the only one home. So Child Protective Services took him. And it was really this race to, to get him back. Well, but I was in jail and you only had a year because of his age. So it was... Um, traumatizing for the entire family. My, my face was on the front page of the paper. One of my older sons was in junior high at the time. And he said that newspaper was in every single classroom all day long, every class he went to. So that is, uh, 
that's a quick summary. <laughs> but then I go on your Instagram and you're like, there are your beautiful boys, like all yeah. grown up and you're all happy and like doing like all these great, wonderful things. And yeah, like, oh my gosh, how far did she come? And so fast. Yeah. It feels fast and it feels really long at the same time. Yeah. We were just on a family vacation, 10 people last, last week, we just got back. And there's moments like that. We were we were in Maui. And so I was sitting there. And when I was in jail, I remember this when I first got there and I didn't know, I didn't know jail politics. I didn't know any how to function. I didn't know what the rules were, you know, like regardless of my crimes, like I'm a rule follower, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> and I was like, where's my orientation? You know, like yeah. where's, where's my welcome? <laughs> where's my welcome? Where's my, you know, list of amenity? Where's my welcome brochure? But I remember this girl had this one woman who was in a locked cell and she had a, a postcard. And on one side it was it was a it was a Hawaiian island. I don't remember which, you know, if I were making it up, I could say it was Maui, but it, I don't remember what it was. And I remember looking at that during that year so many times and just being like, I'll never go there again. Like I'll never get like that's over for me. So so there was a moment last week when we were in Maui and I was like looking at all my boys and you know, some of them had partners and my stepdaughter, and I was like, oh here we are. Like there's still moments, like it seems like just yesterday, because you can see I still get emotional about it. But it is really, you know, that that year and then and then the years after, because it was like rebuilding life is not not the easiest thing to do with a criminal record for sure. But you know, sometimes when I'm like, oh, I don't want to wash the dishes or I don't want to mop the floor. And I was like, oh, at least I'm doing it for my own family, not 32 women, you know, like in the in jail. And so it does did create a lot of gratitude that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. And that, that still feels like yesterday sometimes. So. I mean, the fact that you got to such a low point, like that you were like, this is, you know, life's not worth living. Yeah. Such joy. And like that you're like, I mean, it's, it's really incredible, the trajectory. And then to be able to write about it on top of all that is yet another gift, right? It's, it's not just the, you know, the amazingness of that experience, but to be able to beautifully put it into words and tell your story and get it out there, especially since you work in words and help right. all the time. So wait, tell me how, tell me more about your firm, which by the way, sounds really cool. I was like, Thank oh, you. this is amazing. They help authors all the way through. Like tell, tell me how, and how Doug like took you under his wing and yeah, Doug. And your memoir division, I'm like, wait, tell me, tell me everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's a crazy story because I was maybe, it was 2011. So, you know, a couple years plus out of jail and really struggling to get a job with a record, get a job, meet all of the court requirements. You know, it's kind of a, a, it's a, it's a really hard system to navigate when you're trying to, when you're on probation, you're trying to meet all the requirements. And so I read, a, I started working for this company called Content Divas, where it was like, you know, write 1600 words a day, like blogs, like SEO blogs, you know, and, and they were, it was crazy because they were like, you know, travel blogs or like 10 blogs about how to, you know, I was trying to find metaphors for savings accounts, right? Like savings account is like, you know, just writing, but it was like really good experience to write quickly every day, very little money. And so I was, you know, struggling, like, how am I going to pay rent and pay court fines and all of these things? And so I saw Craigslist ad for a literary agent, like part-time assistant, and I was like, an agency that's working with Desmond Tutu is advertising on Craigslist. Like, pretty <laughs> sure I might get murdered, but I'm going to call, you know. 
And so I called them and I was like, is this, cause the ad was pretty old. Is this job still available? And they're like, yeah, but you know, get, get your letter in quickly. And it was like a long list of questions, like qualities, like way over the top for a part-time assistant job. So I was like, oh, this is a fun writing exercise, you know? And I answered it honestly. I didn't say, by the way, I have criminal record. And I remember I was at the welfare office with my son, who is five now. And when you have a drug conviction, you can't get any cash welfare. You can't get any benefits because that's just the law. And so I was kind of appealing that. And I got a phone call, you know, sitting in a miserable office, trying to entertain a toddler who is miserable, with surrounded by people who are all miserable. And I get this call, like, can you come to this job interview in an hour? And like, I think I'd been waiting two hours and it was like, do I go to the job interview? I had a car that didn't go uphill, right? So I didn't know, like, <laughs> um, and I was like, do I go to this job interview? Do I stay here to try and get some food stamps or something? And so it was like one of those decision moments. I was like, okay, I'll be there in an hour. I didn't know who I was going to get to watch Caden. Like, you know, I was not dressed for an interview, but but I went there and I got the job with Doug Abrams, who had started as been an editor at HarperCollins and started his own literary agency. And he immediately had me like editing a tutu biography and working on a book proposal. And, you know, I remember like Googling like Word, how to do track changes, you know. And I started working there, immediately started ghostwriting or collaborative writing for an author. You know, I told Doug like, oh, I have this idea. He's like, what do you think of this proposal? And I had this idea about how to structure it. And he was like, hold on, I'm conferencing you in with the author. And I remember being like, I can't talk to an author. You know, like it was just like this sort of uh, panic situation. And I said my idea and it was just kind of like, okay, great, you're going to work on it with him. And it ended up selling in a big auction. And and then I was just off and running, doing all the all the things to run a literary agency and collaborating. I think I collaborated on 12 books in seven years there or 10 years or and, you know, it was, Doug never asked me at the beginning, do, do you have a criminal record? You know, like if I just met you on the street, it's not the first thing you're going to think, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, do you have 32 felonies by any chance? You know, it's not the first thing you think. And he didn't ask. And I had kind of a don't ask, don't tell, like I was going to be honest to be asked, but it wasn't something I was going to volunteer. And so we were in the office about, I don't know, I've been working for a few weeks and he had um, very trusting, like immediately handed over like all his passwords and all his things, you know, and I was just like, okay, I'm, you know, going to do this job so well, you know, like this is my chance to rebuild my life. And um, he was talking to an author who did, Dick Bowles, who did What Color Is Your Parachute, right? That was one of the books our agency did. And well, now people Google their employers, you know, talking about a new edition of the book. And so as we were sitting there, Doug Googled me. And I remember that moment because I was sitting at my desk and it was just like the air changed. And I looked up and he was looking at me with just like this look of horror on his face because he Googled me and that front page headline popped up. And it was just this moment. He was like, I didn't call your references. Like, go home, come back tomorrow. We'll talk about it. And I left there and I was so ashamed. Aww. And I was like, I will never come back. Like, I can't come back. You know, and I spent the night not sleeping and I was like, I'm going to go back and just tell him that I'm sorry I put him in this situation, that I'm still as brilliant today as he thought I was yesterday, you know, and he was really amazing because he said, you know, I can't work with someone like Archbishop Desmond Tutu and not walk my talk. So he kept me on and then we ended up building the agency and growing and growing. And then just last year I left and started my own agency 
So yeah, it was quite a journey and it was really, but I was keeping a secret the whole time from all of these amazing authors. Like you can see on the wall here that I was working with closely and I, but I was so afraid that people would Google me or find out my, my past, you know, and I eventually, the first author I told was Brian Stevenson, you know, and it wasn't like we're working, we're working with very non-judgy people, you know, <laughs> Tesla Titu and the Dalai Lama, but you know, we're going to India. That was a business trip to work on the Book of Joy. And I'm not sure I'm going to be let in the country because I have a criminal record. And so no, I was in just in fear that whole plane ride and not knowing and then afraid the Dalai Lama was going to see in my soul and see how it was bad. You know, it was like. Oh, my gosh. And what was yeah. that conversation like telling Brian Stevens? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I mean, it was interesting because he'd asked us to come to Alabama to see if we wanted to work on The Sun to Shine with Anthony Ray Hinton. And, and we're at breakfast and Doug's like, Lara, would you tell, you know, I'm taking a bite of eggs. Would you tell Brian about your past? And I was like, oh. Because this is my secret, you know, and I think the world's going to end if I tell people and it's going to hurt the reputation of Doug and the agency. Um, and so I told him and he was he was just like, you know, thank you for sharing. And that's so great that you have experience that will help to working on the book. Like it was a, it was like that moment where my past became like a selling point, both when yeah. Doug was selling the book to editors like. He was saying, do you know how hard it is to find an MFA who's been incarcerated? We have the greatest collaborative writer. And I was like, how am I a selling point now? You know, like it was such a switch in my brain of what I imagined would happen when people found out, you know, and ultimately like no one was judging me as hard as I judged myself or mm -hmm. more unforgiving. I mean, some people judge me, they still do, but, but no one was as hard on me as I was on myself ultimately. But it was a you know, I was working with a woman, Evie Pumpurus, who um, was doing a book. She's a former Secret Service agent, right? So we're working on her book, and she's talking about all the bad guys, you know, that she's catching as in law enforcement and stuff. And I was like, ooh, I should tell her about my past because she's kind of working with a bad guy in her definition, you know? And so she was amazing, you know, and she's become one of my closest friends. I'm pretty, she yeah. was on my podcast or maybe an Instagram live. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was during the pandemic, it was during like the lockdown. 
Yeah, her book came yeah. out in the in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember, but we had a nice conversation. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Okay, so then why did you leave that agency? Sorry, I'm jumping all over. I'm like dying to know your whole life story, yeah. <laughs> your and your career story, and all the stuff. Um, so why did you leave that agency? And tell me about your new agency and your clients and all that. Yeah. So. Um, my new agency is True Literary, and um, and it's really I like the name because it's it's not only you know I don't just focus on memoir, but that is my kind of sweet spot specialty. And if I'm not reading fiction personally, then I want to read memoir. It's kind of my favorite um, genre in nonfiction because I think there's no other way to hack empathy other than memoir. Like you're never closer to another person's brain. I don't I don't know of another way besides reading a first person memoir of somebody. Like, I don't know another way we're listening to the audiobook of the first person memoir. There you go. Maybe that's oh like the God. only other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I narrated my audio. So we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> so I just wanted to work at an agency that was true to me. And I think, you know, I just, I just, you know, Idea Architects is an amazing company. Doug's my agent, well, oh my really God. close friend, you know, <laughs> but I just felt like as I was growing and changing, it was just time for me to kind of go out on my own and and do my own thing and really focus on the books I wanted to focus on. You know, as things get bigger and bigger, you kind of have other things you need to focus on in an agency to to support that. And I just really wanted to work with, you know, I love working with Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama and working on all those books, but like the Sylvia Vasquez Lovatos of the world. Oh my God, it's such a good book. Yeah. So I love, you know, it's just really focusing on the voices I want to focus on Amazing. and just building my own, building my own thing that like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm getting, you know, sometimes, I mean, I'm, you know, not the youngest person, but I feel like I'm just getting started in a way with, with the new company. And I used to own my own business. So it's just a nice, it's just a nice feeling, just a nice way to work for me. Amazing. I love it. So how does it feel knowing all this behind the scenes stuff about book publishing and all of it? And now your own book is coming out and. Oh my God. (laughs) It's funny because like, even, you know, I've talked to authors off so many ledges at different stages of the book selling Mm -hmm. and writing and production and launching process. And I am the worst. Like I am doing all the things that I like tell them not to worry about. Even the editor calls, you know, like it was amazing. The book sold at auction with a lot of big houses, but the editor calls, I think after the first day of editor calls, I was, I was picking up one of my sons at the airport and I was on the phone to Rachel Newman, who's another agent. I, I dare act text. It's like sobbing in the parking lot, like, just like, oh, I'm horrible at this. I don't know. You know, like, just like all of the craziness that you do when you're feeling vulnerable to, you know, I have a lot, I've always had a lot of empathy for my authors, but I definitely have a lot more being on this side of it. And it's weird. It's weird to have a publicist when I'm advising on publicists or (laughs) to do promotion, you know, because I'm really great at hyping other people and advocating for other people. And it's just like a whole different I'm not so great at doing it for myself. It's we'll see how it goes, but it is just a, a whole other thing to deal with. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then the writing process itself, what was that experience like? And when did you fit that in into everything else you were doing and all of that? So I took a little sabbatical off work last winter. So the book sold in like June. And so the manuscript was due the following June, you know, mm-hmm. a year to deliver the manuscript to write it. And so I took seven weeks off in mid-January to mid-March and 
wrote the full draft of the book in seven weeks, first draft. And I went, oh my God. And I went to, uh, I was like, I have to go away to do it. I can't be at home with my family. I can't be at work. I have to be in a completely different time zone to Mm. actually be away from my family and work. And so I went and I was like, where do I want to go in the world? So I went to Thailand by myself last year for seven weeks and wrote the book. Um, And it was hard. It was like hard to kind of relive all that stuff. And at one point I was like, you know, it was some, it was not the rainy season of Thailand, but literally when I was writing the darkest chapter of the book, there was like a thunderstorm shaking the house and it was like a monsoon. And I was like, am I controlling the weather? Is <laughs> like with my darkness, you know? Um, so I did, you know, in my mind, I was like, I just have to get a first draft done in this time. So I literally finished it on the plane ride home. I changed planes in Doha and like wrote a chapter on the layover and then spent, you know, quite a bit of time with my editor, Eamon Dolan at Simon Schuster, like rewriting and I'm much better at first drafting than re- rewriting or the editing part was harder for me. But I did, I had to go away. I mean, I was still selling books. So I was like doing editor calls at 1 a.m. Thailand time. And, you know, but I really had to get kind of space around me to to get it out. Oh so, yeah. I said, oh my gosh, like 50 times. This is okay. it's all just so <laughs> awesome. Do you ever how do you make sure that the drug piece and the addiction and all of that forever stays at bay? Like, do you worry about that? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't overly worry about it. I worry, you know, it's been 14 years now, so I feel pretty good. (laughs) But I think for me, the rock bottom I hit was so below any rock bottom I ever could have imagined that it that was enough. And I think I have a lot of, I've done a lot of work. So a lot of self-awareness to know if I'm feeling squirrely or antsy and so far so good, 14 years out. So, um, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, I used to need to take 20 Vicodin to like call PG&E to make like a payment arrangement, right? Like just like to have, or to have a conversation I mean, I know we're not in person, but looking someone in the eye and doing all of that. So that that sort of fear of connection has left me, I guess you would say. So, you know, I'm if I start thinking it's a good idea, I I'll, I know who to who to call and and how to get help. I'm not afraid to ask for help anymore, which is a gift for me. What is your one piece of advice that aspiring authors should know? Um Oh, that's a good question. I think that ultimately, if you have a great story and you're a great writer, like to just believe in that more than the all the voices that are like, it's so hard to get an agent to email you back. And it's so hard in publishing. It's who you know, whatever. Like, I really do believe that great stories that have universals for people in the world, whether it's a novel or memoir, big idea book, that it's not... Um, you know, if if it's for the greater good, I really believe, and it's great writing, of course, um, that uh, that you'll find a way. You know, so I and I think people, you know, I everyone has trauma, and I think there's gold in 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 that to share. You know, to inspire other people, to help other people. I think there's a lot of gold in that. 
Have you ever taught a class? You should teach a Zivi class. We offer like a class platform. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I I mean, I taught creative writing and when I was getting my MFA at UC Irvine and a, a class at UC Santa Cruz. Um, Sonia, I just joined a memoir writing class, you know, as a speaker um, at the University of Washington with this amazing uh, author, uh, Patsada Rang, who teaches that. And I was like, oh, I guess I have a lot to say about memoir writing. And yes. aging. So yeah, it's on my on my side hustle list, probably. Amazing. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> okay, yeah, it, yeah. You this. Even just like mining trauma for gold, like yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, and it's always a fine line because you know there's there's exploiting the trauma, but finding the gold in it. I think it's you know memoir. I think for me and for the authors I've worked with who have trauma in their memoirs, like the sun does shine. You know, he was 30 years as an innocent man in jail, in prison, in death row. Um, But I think that there is gold in the inspiration of that, even if it's just like, wow, if if someone can get through that, I can get through whatever my thing is. Like, I just think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of amazing stories out there. There's a lot of ordinary people with extraordinary stories. And that's kind of my jam. Amazing. Well, I'm going to connect you to the class platform with this woman, Darcy. I am also, um, going to keep my eyes peeled for anything you submit. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I will definitely hit you. I will hit you up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. And thank you yeah. so much. This is yeah. so thank inspiring. You. Your story is amazing and inspiring and you are just a total rock star. Thank you so much. And you know, they, they, Hollywood read all my trauma. I thought I was pouring my trauma. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be and nice. they're like, they're like, this is hilarious. So yeah. So it's, it's gonna, I forgot to mention that. I it's saw gonna that. be a, you know, it's, it's a bad neighbor or something, right? The yeah, bad. Neighbor. Well, the neighbor from hell was a neighbor, from, neighbor hell. from hell and other people I've been was the original title of my book. Oh, okay. But yeah. Titles change as you know. Yeah. Yeah. This is the right <laughs> title. Awesome. Amazing. Congratulations. When is that coming yeah. up? By the way? Do they I don't know. Writer's strike. So yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it takes years. So we'll see. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card.
Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.